Hi, this is Werner Reineke. This morning, let's read 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 1 to verse 7. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, that He appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, He appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. The Word of God says that the number one thing is that Jesus died for our sins, that He was buried and that He was raised to life again. Everything else in our lives should flow from this. A year ago, I asked some of my friends and work colleagues the following question. What did Jesus' death on the cross accomplish? I was curious how those around me understood what the implications of the cross were. The answers included the following, that He died for our sins, He moved my sin away, He forgives our sins, He provides atonement for sins, He bore our sins, He did away with the sacrificial system, He paid our debts, the washing of our robes in the blood of Christ, He enabled us to go to heaven, He enabled our freedom. He initiated the new covenant. He enabled a relationship directly with God. Reconciliation with God. Enabling us to become God's children. He restored us back to the Father. And He gave us salvation. I don't think we could ever exhaust the list of what Jesus achieved. How would you answer the question right now? What did Jesus' death on the cross accomplish in my life? Could you answer as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10? But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. I want to close off in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 to 25. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know Him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Let us pray together. Father, please help us to live lives that reflect gratitude for what Jesus did for us on the cross. When we were helpless and powerless in our sins, he saved us. Help us to see past the philosophies of this age and the wisdom of the world. Amen.